We are back yet again. After a brief foray in live stream, we have returned to the wonderful world of podcasting. And this week on Techman Inc., we have two big tops to discuss. First of which being the conference championship games. And boy, what games they were. Both games were blown by a quarterback towards the end. Starting off, we're going to look over at the AFC. And the first half looked amazing for the Kansas City Chiefs. They were beating the snot out of the Bengals. They were up 21-10 to at the opportunity to be up 24-28-10 until a terrible final play of the first half cost them points and after that it was all downhill for Kent State. they could not do anything offensively the second half it was embarrassing Mahomes hung back in the pocket didn't move out wide didn't find his receivers and just couldn't do anything he was sacked more times than Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow has one of the worst offensive lines in football credit to Joe Burrow he did what he had to do got the uh, Bengals the points they needed to but he had the ball basically the entire second half so it's to be expected but most damningly the Chiefs won the coin toss yet again and Patrick Mahomes looked like he was going to do it yet again. He uncorked a beautiful deep ball into double coverage, which resulted in a game-ending interception, effectively sending the Bengals to the Super Bowl. And I don't think there's a real debate that Patrick Mahomes choked here. It took him 13 seconds to blow this lead in overtime. It's amazing what happens when teams double cover your best receivers. But now we've got to deal with the Bengals fans. We're going to be obnoxious for another two weeks or so, rallying on about the greatness of Joe Burrow, Joe Shiesty, Joe whatever the hell he is. I just can't stand. I can't stand that Patrick Mahomes gave Burrow the Patrick Price. Now we're going to have to hear about the uh, Burrow bargain for the foreseeable future. Maybe State Farm can get Joe Burrow in there since Rodgers is retiring. But Patrick Mahomes choked. Embarrassment. One of the worst moments of his young career. This and the uh, Super Bowl fiasco of last year. Up there is the big two. I think Josh Allen has made a case to be the best quarterback in the NFL simply by not playing this week. That is how bad Patrick Mahomes' second half in overtime were. So bad look for the Bengals. Congratulations to the, uh... Bad luck for the Chiefs, excuse me. Congratulations to the Bengals. Enjoy getting your ass kicked by the Rams next week. You never fail to push the Josh Allen narrative. But I have to give the Bengals credit where credit is due. And that is slightly off-brand for me, slightly off-brand for us. They find a way to win games no matter what, and they do not let anything get to them. They didn't let the fact that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against the Titans get to them. And they didn't let the Chiefs' impressive first-half performance stop them from making a comeback in the second half. I think that anyone with a brain can tell that the Chiefs and Titans were the better football teams when they are executing at their ceiling, at their potential. But the Bengals' ability to keep fighting and the ability of their coaching staff to adapt as the game progresses is extremely impressive and it is commendable. They are an extremely consistent football team and that is why they're in the Super Bowl. The Chiefs and Titans showed during the regular season that they had a tendency to be inconsistent. Patrick Mahomes showed he had a tendency to be inconsistent. Ryan Tannehill showed the fact that he turned the ball over a lot and that was a Titans downfall. So the Bengals were the more consistent team. They made less mistakes and they won the game. That's all that winds up mattering at the end of the day. 15 years from now, people will only remember the fact that the Bengals are the ones in the Super Bowl. They're the ones who get to play against the Rams for Super Bowl. What is this? 50? I don't even know. 50? I don't even know. That's the number. (laughs) But... What I do have to agree with Isaiah on is that all this I'm saying is true. And now there's Bengals fans out there acting like the Bengals are some all of a sudden some type of juggernaut that's going to dominate the NFL for the next 15 years. That just isn't true. I will be rooting for the Rams, but I do have to give the Bengals credit. The only reason the Bengals are in a Super Bowl is because Josh Allen lost the coin toss. This Bengals team would get blasted by the Bills. Josh Allen would not sit in the pocket and wait for his guys to get open. He would just run all over the Bengals defense. He is a different animal than Patrick. 
Patrick Mahomes and is better suited to dealing with the pressures and coverages the Bengals threw at Mahomes in the second half. So I'm a little bit upset about the uh, overtime rules still. Not going to let that go. In 15 years, I will be remembering how fluky the Bengals Super Bowl run was because frankly, in 15 years, this is probably going to be their only Super Bowl run. But going to a team which looks like it will be competing for Super Bowls for a long time, the LA Rams, still sounds weird to say that, beat the San Francisco 49ers in dramatic fashion. And when the game matters most, when players had to step up, when you need someone to go out there and do something to get you the W, you know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come through and absolutely blow the game. He had one of his worst interceptions by far. I see people blaming his receiver saying, oh, it hit him in dance. He vastly overthrew that ball, threw it way too hard for how close he was. It was a horrible throw, a horrible decision. And if you don't make that decision, if you don't throw that interception, you still have fourth down to go for. You have so many other options, but you had to throw that pick. You had to end your team season. And this epitomizes Jimmy Garoppolo's career in San Francisco. He's not going to lose you games all that often, but he certainly can't step up to the moment and win you games. You look at this playoffs. He has failed every single playoff game. Failed against the Packers, couldn't do anything offensively. Special teams had to score all the points. He almost cost them the game against the Cowboys with his interceptions and false starts. And finally, he has done it again against the Rams. It finally caught up to him because the Rams can match the 49ers in the high-end talent department. So now the 49ers are going to have to go in the offseason wondering what they're going to do with Jimmy G. It's pretty obvious he can't be their starter. If they cut him, it's a cap hit. If they trade him, it's not going to be for much. But he's got to go. As for the Rams, Matthew Stafford looks great. And I'm beginning to realize that the reputation of playoff choking was not on him. It was on the Detroit Lions and the horrible situations he was in. The fact he even made the playoffs as much as he did three times in Detroit blows my mind. That is one of the worst run franchises in football history. And he was still finding ways to succeed. He is very well suited for these moments. He plays his grander pressure has never had this level of talent this level of protection around him and he is going to keep winning and that's why I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl paired to the fact that Joe Burrow would be sacked about 85 times well the story of the NFC Championship came down to which team had the better quarterback and I am about to say a bunch of negative things about Jimmy Garoppolo but I also don't think Jimmy G is as bad as Isaiah is leading everyone on to believe I don't think he's a backup quarterback I do still think he can be a starter somewhere in the NFL but if they if the 49ers just had someone who is more dynamic back there slinging the rock maybe someone like Trey Lance I think they probably wind up winning the game Jimmy G is limited and he also seems completely incapable of getting his playmakers on the 49ers the ball I am not going to start the best tight end in the NFL the discussion right now but it is absolutely pathetic that George Kittle has completely disappeared since he destroyed the Bengals and went for over 150 yards against the Bengals in week 14 Jimmy G simply doesn't get him the ball and the only reason the 49ers offense has been successful from my perspective is because Kyle Shanahan has Debo Samuel who seemingly can do everything for the 49ers offense. Debo Samuel has been running, throwing, and passing for touchdowns this season. A funny fact about Debo is that from week 18 through the divisional playoff game, he had just as many passing touchdowns as Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy G was the 49ers downfall in this game. And on the Rams side of things, this win validates to me every trade they've made. It validates the signing of Odell. You can even make the argument that the signing of Odell is the only reason the Rams are in the Super Bowl. If they never signed Odell, the Rams would have had Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and a no-name at the wide receiver position. The addition of Odell gave the Rams three receivers that they could trust to make plays. If Odell wasn't on the field, it would have been much easier to double Cooper Cup and limit Van Jefferson and single cover whoever the Rams threw out there. Odell caught nine passes for 113 yards and was a big part of the reason the Rams beat the 49ers. As a Giants fan, I am happy to see Odell in the Super 
Super Bowl. I'm happy that Stafford is at least getting a chance to go to the Super Bowl. It is cool to see those two succeeding. Even Von Miller is getting another Super Bowl experience. So all around, a great sight to see over there in LA. Well, signing Odell is not why they're going to the Super Bowl. It's a bit of a butterfly effect thing. If they don't sign Odell, do you think Robert Woods tears his ACL in practice? I don't think so. Butterfly flaps its wings in Canada, Hurricane the Gulf of Mexico. So really, that's Odell's fault. Good for him for stepping up and filling the role he vacated by injuring the Rams' second best receiver. As a Giants fan, when do you move on? When do you stop cheering for a guy who's not been on the next team he went to after the Giants, but now the uh, second team? The guy who burned the city on his way out, who insulted your franchise quarterback, who had no part of that organization. When do you let the uh, Stockholm Syndrome go? The battered woman syndrome? Like, Odell is not a Giants fan. He didn't like his time in the organization, and now that he has success somewhere else, you're just kind of hopping on the bandwagon. I get you're a Giants fan. You don't have anything to cheer for. You have terrible coaching hiring practices. Daniel Jones is your quarterback. We just move on, man. Rams for agency signings, though. The trades, the Von and Miller wait, acquisition wait, wait, wait. in and particular. You're fi- do I get to respond to that? No. The Von Miller acquisition in particular makes Aaron Donald a much more dangerous rusher. They can stick him on one end, Donald on the other. They can put him inside right next to Von Miller. He can really do anything. He is an amazing pass rusher. He's giving Von Miller and, or excuse me, giving both himself and Aaron Donald coverage by the amount of talent he brings to the table. The one year Aaron Donald had 20 sacks, he had Namakon Sue next to him, so he couldn't be doubled as much. Now it's kind of starting to happen again. Donald is an absolute game breaker, and they're deciding, hey, we'll make someone else beat us, but Von Miller has proven time and time again he can step up in the playoffs and beat you as a defensive end. So that really is the move to me which changed everything. The Rams definitely should be the favorite, though. You want to talk about the offensive line. They've got better receivers. they got a better quarterback. They've got a better offensive line. But the real difference is the Rams are the best defensive line in football, and the 49ers... 49ers. The Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines, so Joe Burrow is going to get feasted on. Donald might have three sacks and win Super Bowl MVP. Von Miller might collect his second Super Bowl MVP, ensuring his place in the Hall of Fame, but it will not be a particularly close game once that pass rush starts getting home. Well, it's funny to criticize me for being a fan of a player when you've been a fan of every single team that Adrian Peterson has gone to, and he did uh, very that is illegal not true. I do not like the Saints, did not like the football team. I do not have multiple Adrian Peterson in jerseys, my guy. You root for Adrian Peterson with every team he goes yeah, to, and Adrian I root Peterson for Odell. Burn the bridge on the way out. Adrian Peterson left because he wanted a better contract and go somewhere else. The team was you know, going in a different direction. Odell, and he had a couple legal proceedings. Those legal proceedings were far, far earlier. But Odell had the videos linked, okay. had the rumors linked. He went to Cleveland because he enjoys the Cleveland steamer process. Look that up on Urban Dictionary, or don't. I wouldn't recommend it personally. But those are two vastly different players. You root. I've never rooted for a team excessively because Adrian Peterson is on it. You've rooted for Adrian Peterson wherever he goes. Either way, let me address the whole Odell thing since you want to make that discussion much deeper than it needed to be. Because I, I am going to respond. People slander Odell for absolutely no reason and they don't really acknowledge the situations he was placed in. When he was drafted to the Giants in 2014, it was a franchise that won a Super Bowl just two years prior and was expecting greatness, especially in the biggest media market in the entire world with an aging quarterback who obviously couldn't get it done anymore a GM who is absolutely ruining the roster that's not exactly an environment that's conducive to success and it's not a positive environment to play in so a lot of that played into things another thing is is that every player he's ever played with seemingly has tested to the fact that he's a great guy and not a locker room cancer then his second place of employment is the Cleveland Browns which are historically one of the worst franchises 
franchises in the NFL with a brand new quarterback who is one of the most controversial personalities in the NFL at the quarterback position is constantly scrutinized in the media. There was constant media discussion about the Cleveland Browns. So he was never in a positive environment with winning culture. He was expected as one of the better players on his team to step up. Now that he's like the 12th best player on the Rams, it's all right for him to uh, settle into his role. I get it. I get what you're saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that people make a lot more out of his actions just because of the situations he was placed in. He doesn't deserve the hate at the end of the day. Well, you're ignoring some extracurricular activities, but hey, you do what you want. You live in your little uh, perfect world. The greatest football player ever is stepping away from the game after Adam Schefter ruined his uh, Thunder Stoles crowd, did everything he could to rip the rug out from under Tom Brady, because Adam Schefter, a little bit of a weasel, a little bit of the worst of insiders, and you know, Tom Brady will be missed. Greatest football player ever. Certainly the best quarterback ever. Built the legacies of many players who beat him. Players who do not belong in the Hall of Fame will be there because of him, whether that be his teammates or his opposition. Seven rings, more rings than any franchise, all the passing records, a lot of unbeatable stuff, and we can just wax poetically about the greatness of Tom Brady all we want, but my favorite thing about his retirement, he let out this post on Twitter, like seven or eight screenshots from the Notes app, big fan of the Notes app, and he did not mention Belichick, the Patriots, or New England once, and people are losing their minds in New England because of this, and I find that hilarious. The dude delivered your franchise six Super Bowls. He is why your team is talked about, why is viewed as one of the best teams in NFL history, and because he didn't tweet about you, you are getting your feelings hurt. You're going to burn your Tom Brady jerseys. You probably have 18 of those damn jerseys, and you're going to get upset because he acknowledged him he was on last team, which would actually let him have some control. It's just ridiculous to me. The bunch of balding, I'd say, what, 16 to 50-year-old white dudes in Boston who have had their lives revolve around him, the Celtics, and the Bruins the past two decades are in shambles right now. And that really goes to show the impact of Tom Brady, that simply excluding a group from a tweet will cause the mental distress and anguish of such a large contingent of the NFL fan. That is truly his final show of greatness. He lives rent-free in people's heads. Well, I don't think, you know, leaving the Patriots out from his notes app and a retirement announcement should detract from his legacy, but his actual retirement in general should take away from his legacy. He let Adam Schefter win. Adam Schefter was so eager to break the news early that Tom Brady was retiring, that the GOAT was retiring, he spoke too soon, and Brady should have punished him for it. He should have punished the fake media, he should have punished the fake news, instead he decided to get soft all of a sudden, backed away from the challenge of playing another season just out of spite, and this is something a GOAT wouldn't do. This is something a fake GOAT would do, and he succumbed to the media pressure. He allowed Adam Schefter to get into his head. He allowed the media to win. In all seriousness, I hated Brady while he played. I cheered against him in two Super Bowls, but as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate what Brady accomplished. He won six Super Bowls with one organization, established himself as the greatest quarterback to ever do it, and then won another Super Bowl with a different organization just to prove to everyone that he could do it without the Patriots and he could do it without Belichick. I appreciate Brady's career. I don't think there will ever be an NFL player to come close to his dominance. And I think Mahomes right now is the best example. He's an all-time talent, has a great coach, has a great roster, but over the course of four years, he's only gone to two Super Bowls and he's only won one of them and lost in two conference championships. Success in the NFL isn't easy. And the nice thing about Brady being gone is that someone else will finally be winning Super Bowls and anyone who tries to deny Brady's greatness at this point is just a stooge. So yes, I called Brady a fraud and then I called myself a stooge. You know, we're a stooge. I'd like to know that I actually 
saw this topic coming. My brain, much bigger than yours, much more rigid. But did some research. Adam Schefter leaked Eli Manning's retirement three days before he officially made it public. He was hanging him up. And while the writing was on the wall for that, I just like to let you know that your goat also struggles with Schefter. Schefter really is the worst of humanity in many ways. Schefter is a goat killer, and someone, Brady, could have been the one to stand up to it. Or Schefter's just a slimy insider. Hey, he talks on Pat McAfee and has a radio show, so what do we know? One day we will have a radio show, which we will no doubt use to bash Adam Schefter. And finally, we are going to touch on the Brian Flores situation very briefly. Now, the beauty of the Super Bowl is there is a week in between the conference championships and that game, so we got a whole other podcast lined up, do our predictions and that thing. But we are also going to focus heavily on the Brian Flores situation. For those of you who don't know, Flores is suing the Bill, not the Bills, suing the uh, Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos for alleged racism in the hiring process relating to the ruling rule and how they went about things. We are very aware of the situation. I find it hilarious because it is uh, involving the Giants' downfall and stupidity, but we will be talking about that in depth next week once the facts come out. Granted, by the time this is uploaded, the facts might already be out, so I could look like a clown. Anyway, that is all we have for you on the Thick Mending Podcast. Be sure to hit that like button if you don't know about our TikTok somehow. Mosey on over to that through links in the description. And remember, we stand with we hooping.